For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to Topic Thunder. I am your host, Matt Tierney, at Matt Tierney MBA. And with me today, I have Maddie Moles, at Maddie Moles Pod. Maddie, what's up? Not much, man. Uh, yeah, so busy night watching the national championship game in college football. Mm-hmm. And then watching a new bit of Oklahoma City Thunder basketball history. Oh, what what is that that you're drinking, man? What are you drinking oh, tonight? Oh, this this right here, Maddie. I'm drinking I'm drinking a White Claw. What are you, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a White Claw too. Oh my gosh, are you Whoa, drinking? Bro. Are you drinking Black Cherry White Claw? Black Cherry. Whoa, Black Cherry. Bam a lamb. Yeah, well, man. Well, I to be honest, I like the lime is the best, but all I had mm. was Black Cherry, so I had to go with that. But hey, I I just want to take a moment to congratulate. The newest member of the White Claw Gang, Maddie Moles, he is now inducted into the very exclusive club. That's basically just me and Steve and Lauren Murphy, who's this other person on Twitter that we know. So now you're one of four people we introduced into the club, the gang. Welcome. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere. We can't be stopped now, cause it's White Claw for life. White Claw, White Claw gang, let's go. White Claw gang, heck yeah. Uh, you mentioned some history, Maddie Moles. What type of history might you be referring to? Uh, a little uh, triple double action. Triple double. I I haven't heard that those words uttered from the mouths of Thunder Crew since uh, one Russell Westbrook was in this uh team is it from him uh no mm. uh it's from the new franchise point guard oh that we have what sga alexander the great alexander the great shea gilgis alexander himself not only a triple double might i say but also a 2020 night 20 points and 20 rebounds and then 10 assists to top it off and in his post-game interview with Nick Gallo, I, I don't know if you saw this, but when Dennis did his little post-game like thing he does nowadays, where basically every time he there's someone doing an interview with Nick Gallo, he has to come up and say something. He came up to Shay and mentioned 202010. Shay goes Alexander made a little comment. 202020 is next. Uh, that has not been done 
in the history of the NBA except for one time, or no, sorry, two times, by Russell Westbrook and Wilt Chamberlain. So if Shea mm. Gilgis Alexander puts his name in those two, I think we got ourselves a special player. 2020-10, though, is already pretty special. I mean, that... Yeah. For not even just not just for an NBA player, but the fact he's a second, he's a sophomore. He's 20, mm-hmm. he's 20, right? 20 years old, 21 years old, maybe. Uh, 21 years old, I think. I think he can just barely drink. He can barely really. drink. This guy, this guy has had like hardly any booze in his system. He's just was able to join the White Claw gang at a legal age, and he's already scoring 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists in an NBA basketball game against a decent team. This is unbelievable. Yeah. I have no words. I'm very, very excited. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was also interesting. He had a team-high 36 minutes. He played so was, a lot. That was kind of interesting. He, he gave, gave him a lot of burn. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I think he uh, maybe he was reaching. He was probably trying to get that, those, that stat. Oh. Yeah, I mean, for sure. He, I mean, once he got like fifteen rebounds, he got like rebounds, two rebounds in be, like the last minute, right? Yeah, I mean, once he had fifteen rebounds, like you got to be eyeing that twenty twenty game. I would too, mm-hmm. if I was if I was capable of playing in an NBA basketball game. I also would be looking for that. So he did play a little extra minutes, which was needed because this wasn't exactly a blowout. We did win, but Minnesota definitely fought a good fight tonight uh minus the third quarter where we absolutely smoked them uh putting on an offensive assault they were very uh feisty in the fourth quarter they kept making runs but kudos to the oklahoma city thunder for every time minnesota made a little run we came right back and Mm -hmm. just shut them down it was all shea it was all gallinari uh, and I mean, Gallon, it's it's gonna go under the radar because of tonight's extreme performance by SGA. But Gallinari had thirty points tonight, so I mean mm-hmm. that that can't go unnoticed. And an efficient thirty points at that on twelve shots. I mean that's that's like the exact opposite of what Harden would typically do. You'd typically see twelve points on thirty shots from Harden in a half or something <laughs> like that. This time it was Gallinari, 30 points, only 12 shots. Free throw shooting, which this is related to Gallinari, was also impeccable. He had 11 of 12, and at one, I think, let me double check that I uh, got this right, but they were on an incredible um, free throw shooting performance tonight. 23 of 26. Uh, At one point they were 20 of 22. So, I mean, they... All around, just incredibly efficient. Uh, a 50% field goal percentage, 40% three-point percentage. You can't, you know, that's exactly what you would expect or hope for from uh, an NBA team. But all around, just incredibly efficient. And they got, they got the job done. I mean, the first half was a little bit iffy. Minnesota came out and really did well from the three-point line, which is very... Atypical of them because they are one of the worst mm-hmm. three-point shooting teams in the league. But as our as our uh, brother in our unit will always say, uh, A.K. Stephen Dolan, the averages will always uh, 
the law of averages will always come out. And sure enough, Minnesota did not shoot very well in the second half, and we took advantage of that. So all around, an excellent game. No complaints from me. I thought both defensively and offensively, on the boards, everything, everything was great. Yeah, well, early on, like, Wiggins got eight points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Wiggins was starting to get at us a little bit. Um, he had eight points in the first quarter, but he only finished with ten points on the game. Um, the guy who kept us going early was Terrence Ferguson. Mm-hmm. He hit, he hit like, uh, what was it, four, four free throws? Or two free throws early on, two, and then yeah. back-to-back shots from the elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, he was super aggressive, super involved early, and his shot was falling, which, you know, it, it's nice to see because he gives so much effort on the defensive end that he was able to kind of get going a little bit with our starters. And then, hey, props to Mr. Sex Panther himself, the musky Mr. man. Mr. Sex Panther. The musky yes, Sex Mike Panther. Muscala. Mike Muscala putting in some critical points. He had three three-pointers tonight, three of eight. Those, those uh, shots are especially important for this team as a role player. Excellent work from Mike Muscala. Yeah. Well, and they came at, at times where we, we kind of either needed to build on momentum so we can build the lead or to kind of stop the bleeding uh, when the Timberwolves would go on a little bit of a run. So it, it was really well-timed uh, for him to be involved. And the shots were all in normal motion, in the normal flow of the offense. They were good looks. He wasn't forcing it. Um, I got to the point where every time he shot, I thought it was going to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good job, Muscala. Which is very, yeah, that's very opposite of what our mentality was at the beginning of the season when he went 0 for 18. And now we're, we're, at a, we're in a new chapter of the Sex Panther um, career, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, there were some surprising uh, performances. One person who did not perform as expected was uh, the, the Shredder train, the D-Man. Dennis, Dennis himself, another uh, somewhat inefficient night from him, 5 of 14, 14 points. Um, it, Two bottles of water emptied. Mm-hmm. That, was his, that was probably his greatest contribution on the night, if I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so after, if you didn't, I mean, if you didn't see it, the, after the game, the Gallo interview, he got the water bottle treatment. Uh, Shay, I should say, got the water bottle treatment from Dennis Schroeder. And it was, uh, that, that's, uh, you know, if you get a water bottle treatment, that means you win. And so that means I am okay with it. We need to get a shirt made with just his face, like holding water bottles and say, get that water treatment or something. <laughs> I don't know. But that, uh, I've like, I have enjoyed how that's become part of the fabric of our team is his post game. Mm-hmm. Uh, reactions with the star of the game and then dousing people in water or just acting a fool. It's, it's awesome. And it goes to show too, like while we may be still working on deals for him, like to, to trade him to other teams, 
that's a good look for him uh, as far as his image in the league, that he's a starting capable or starting caliber point guard who is coming off the bench. He still did play 29 minutes. In comparison, mm-hmm. Chris Paul played 30 minutes. So he's playing starter amount of minutes, just he's not an officially uh, a, a starter. Right. But it shows that he's bought into his role and, and that he's really bought into the team. So if a team did need a point guard to come in and kind of carry the load at at the one spot, he's very he's a very attractive option for them because it looks like he would buy into into what they're doing. So mm-hmm. granted, if they're a contender, he's probably not going to want to go to like this wouldn't happen, but like the Hawks or something right. like that. You know, he's going to want to actually com- compete. It would be but, hilarious yeah. if he went to the Hawks though. Just comes back. It's goes, a seco. Goes right back. Life to is the, a seco. <laughs> just goes back to Atlanta. That would be funny. <laughs> and he, and he's like the bench player for Trey too. He doesn't even start. <laughs> that would be so sad. Oh my gosh. But yeah, like he's. I I've said this I think on another podcast, but I think the mentality of Dennis and I also think CP3 a little bit is that they know this isn't permanent. And so because they know that, they're willing to kind of sacrifice a little bit, knowing that the future or their careers will reap the benefits if they stick in line. So you see Dennis, whereas last year he was getting kind of upset not having as many minutes and being on the bench all the time. Now he seems to be okay with it. You see him, you know, acting silly in post-game interviews, really helping the chemistry of the team. And I, for one, am also a fan of that. I think he should keep doing that continuously. You see CP3, like, he's not necessarily getting his stats every night, but he's doing what he needs to do to create shots for other players. He's doing things off the court, like bringing people to his teammates to a Seahawks game. He got them all suits. You know, he's doing all these things for his teammates to show the type of leader he is. and. Although all those things are helping Oklahoma City, they're also helping their personal careers because they know that the thun- for the Thunder that their, their long-term goals do not really have those two guys in mind just because of where their careers are right now. CP3 is at the end of his career. Dennis is kind of like at his peak right now, but like with the timeline of Shea, it's not really going to match up really well and having those two on the court at the same time doesn't totally make sense for the long run so i think like both of them know they're eventually going to leave and so they're willing to sort of sacrifice a little bit now uh to sort of help them in the future potentially win a championship um and all that this year i agree this year yes they're gonna win a championship this year 2019 let's go 2019 2020 champs here to hear first but I think that's all a part of Sam Presti and the, uh, the front office creating a very, a very healthy dynamic between these older guys and what the team wants to do. They know, they know everything that's going on, and they are they're willing to do it, and that wouldn't have happened if they didn't have a good front office. So all of this, there's so many different ways you can look at this, and so many, like, people to acknowledge in this system so i mean it's hard to really name all of them but 
just to boil it down, Oklahoma City has a great thing going. And you can see it on the stats. You can see it tonight. They just won again. Um, they have been on a tear. I don't know if you saw that. I'm sure you saw this, Maddie, but the best five-man squad in the mm-hmm. league is none other than the Oklahoma City Thunder, which includes five players from five different countries, which is Dennis Schroeder, uh, Steven Adams, Danilo sure. Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, Danilo Gallinari, Chris Paul, and shoot, who's the other one? Uh, Steven Adams? I him? said him. Steven Adams, Danilo Gallinari, Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul. SGA? SGA, the Canadian. That's right. How did I forget? Yes, yeah, so that five, that five is by far the best net rating in the league for uh, a five-man squad. So, like, everything's just going way better than we ever expected uh, at the start of the season. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy. This is a great team right now. Well, so, while I would typically agree with every single thing that you said. You know, the world was a different place three and a half hours ago, three hours ago. Why? It's a very different place now. Because people keep talking about fitting on the timeline for SGA. SGA is here. Mm -hmm. The future is now with him. Like, we're not going to have to wait on his development. The dude's a star. He's developed. He's not a superstar yet, but he is, he's an all-star caliber player. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm not saying go mortgage all of our draft picks that we have because we're just, we have an embarrassment of riches there. But man, like, do we really want to throw in the towel for one or two years of, of SGA's career because we're waiting for him to get to his quote-unquote prime? Yo, I think he's going to have a big, a long, wide-open prime window. I, I don't think we're going to have to wait till he's 24, 25 to start considering he's in his prime. I mean, that dude's mm-hmm. a highly effective ball player now. Like, I think, I don't know, man. I, I think Robert Covington, let's go. Let's add a piece. Let's, okay. Let's add somebody here. Yeah, so, let, so let's get into this. So there, that we are now at the point where... OKC is legitimately a buyer, and Robert Covington, who happened to play in tonight's game, is one of the targets that is rumored in Twitter, the Twitterverse. Uh, we don't really have much legitimate confirmation of that, but it's you know still an interesting idea to entertain. I personally, and it sounds like you are the same way, I personally love... Robert Covington, I love a good 3 and D guy. Uh-huh. I was the same way with Danny Green. I think I love those types of players. And I would love him as an asset to this team. But Minnesota is going to need something. And, you know, there's been a lot of stuff thrown around. I think one of the obvious things is to package Covington with Teague, throw in Dennis. And then throw in a few, um, maybe one or two assets. Let's, for example, it might have to, this may not work money-wise, but you know, you throw in like a Diallo or you throw in a first-round pick. 
either one of those mm. would be probably good for both teams um, because they get off Jeff Teague's salary. They get a much more um, athletic and competitive point guard, and they can now have a nice starting five. They have Hamadou Diallo to kind of take over Covington's minutes, although he doesn't have the same thing. They could also ask for Ferg instead, which I think would probably be what Minnesota wants because he's the 3 and D-esque type of player that would fit that role. Um, but either way, they were, there's, that's like relatively the package they would look for. So given that situation, if you're Sam Presti, are you pulling that trigger to get Robert Covington for that type of deal? Mm. Well, one, you'd be messing with the chemistry because you got you got Dennis Schroeder who's bought in and he's excelling in his role. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. Uh, Teague's already coming off the bench, so it's not like he's he would have shock that he's coming off the bench for us. Mm-hmm. And he'd also be a salary <sighs> dump in some ways because this is his last year, right? So we would just get rid of him, presumably, after yeah, his contract expires. Um, and then we're giving up a younger 3 and D guy for Covington, mm-hmm. which who's now in his prime. Yeah, which, I mean, if we're buyers, you kind of have to think that way because, you know, you can't really give up just Dennis for Covington. Um, well, I guess you could, yeah, but the money I don't think works too well. So you'd have to do some salary swapping. But I mean, Covington's 29, so he's got... Essentially, like three more years left of really elite mm-hmm. basketball. Yeah. So if you could re-sign him, and uh, yeah, it doesn't really match up well with Chris Paul because I don't know if he'll be around that long. But you know, let's say, let's say in two years from now, you've got Chris Paul still in the lineup. Presumably, he's like somewhat of the same type of player. SGA is really peaking. Covington still on his peak. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what happens to Gallinari. He's probably gone. Steven Adams, who knows? I mean, I don't know. It's, I love Covington, but sometimes when I think about this, it's like, it just doesn't quite fit the timeline perfectly. Now, nothing has perfect, well, but... It's it's Covington risk. does have two additional years on his deal. So he has two years left, right? After this one. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Twelve point one and twelve point nine million respectively. Mm-hmm. And then he's an unrestricted free agent in twenty twenty two. Right. Which is when Chris Paul's uh contract is up also. Okay. Yeah. So you're basically saying Let's go for it with Chris Paul. Is Steven Adams, is that when Steven Adams' contract ends too? Or I think. Steven's at, ends after next season, I think. Okay, yeah, it's one year less. So. Mm. So basically, you're saying you have one year after this year to make it work with this lineup. Assuming you re sign Gallo to keep the same squad. I mean, if we go on a run, maybe we can bring back Gallo. Well, maybe he would want to come back. Yeah. And Andre Robertson's uh, 
money comes off the books too. So ten point seven million. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, they might have to offer him more than that. But I don't know. I mean, there has been rumors of Gallo re-signing here, um, but it's been more of the context of a sign and trade. So, right. I don't know. I mean, I do love Covington. He's he's good. He's good, and I like that type of player. I think it's like what the league is kind of shifting towards. I don't know. I'm 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 gonna say I'm lukewarm to this idea right now. I need to mull it over a little bit. Yeah, mull it over. I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you. Um, Glad you appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's it's really tough. Um, do I think that Covington could win us a series in the playoffs if we can match him up on the other team's best wing? and be able to be a knockdown shooter and just be a long guy who can affect the game. I, I do. Do I think that he gets us past the second round? I don't. Mm-hmm. But who who really knows? I mean, injuries happen. Uh, the West is wide open. I mean, who would have thought the Clippers would be imploding like they are right now? Clippers are bad. I don't know what's going on. They're hashtag not good. Not like. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, as much as they love each other, aren't practicing together for some reason. They don't even. Like, what is that about? They don't play together. They never like, play together. Like Kawhi always goes on his like, whatever it's called, uh, load, load management. management stuff. Yeah. The Clippers are fifth, by the way, in the standings. <laughs> they're fifth in the they're fifth in the Western Conference. That's absurd. Yeah, they're. There are four games ahead of us right now. We have a legitimate chance of catching the Clippers given this trajectory. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. But. Well, so we're four games behind them. We're four and a half behind the Nuggets for the two seed. Yeah. So we're only one and a half games back from the Mavs. I mean, like the sick. Well, there's a bit of a separation between the six seed and then the rest of the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and then there's a little bit of a gap between the Lakers. But, I mean, like, if you look at the Nuggets through the Clippers, like, the Nuggets are 27-22, Jazz, 27-22, Rockets, 26, or sorry, let me restart, 27-12 and 12 for the Nuggets, Jazz are also 27-12, and 12. Rockets, 26-12, and 12. Clippers, 27-13, like, all those records are basically the same, so you could swap, like, one game swaps you could move up four positions, three positions. So there's a lot, mm-hmm. there's a lot of fluidity going on right now. And granted, it's not even the all-star break yet. So a lot could happen, but I mean, uh-huh. that said, that me also means OKC has a chance to really climb the ladder a little bit. And I mean, now they're, yeah. they're six games above 500 again. So, and and potentially the biggest thing, we are back to 500. Uh, we're 10 and 10 on the road. Do you know we're 15 and 5 against the spread on the road? Yes, I did. They're, they're by far the best team against the spread on the road. Like, I think, so 15 and 5 is what, 75%, something like that? So the next best... 15 and 5, 
Yeah. 75. Yeah. So the next, I think the next best when I looked up was uh, like 61%, which was the Celtics or something like that. So we have a sizable margin against the spread, which means we are being, we've been highly underrated by the bookies this year. Well, they gave us 30 wins to start the season and we have 20. We're already at 23. Yeah. So I have a good feeling we're going to pass that projection. Me too. Just a hunch. Especially knowing that we're not going to trade any of our big pieces now, most likely. Well, um, well I don't know. I, I, I still think there's a possibility, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like, if, like if Sam gets a, if Sam Presti gets a trade and it's like, we'll, we'll give you um, two first round picks and uh, like, I'm trying to think of a good team that would do this. So if it's Portland, we would give you two first round picks and like Nasir Little for Danilo Gallinari. And then like Yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Like <laughs> Portland's first round picks are super valuable in like two or three years. So Right. I, I don't think Sam is just like, nope, not gonna trade him. Not gonna happen. Like he's always gonna be looking and honestly the way this team is playing, I think I don't know, teams that are on the fringe might be even more desperate now given the way Gallinari is playing and the way Dennis is playing, the way Chris Paul is playing even. Like that that just makes the those teams even thirstier for those uh mm-hmm. those nice veterans that could get your team above the above the threshold to compete with the Lakers and the Bucks and even the Clippers if they become good again. So you never know. But yeah, I would agree that like right now we're definitely not in the sell, like, you know, clearance sale type of right phase of things. So it's man, and we got a really nice stretch of games coming up. You want to hear these games that are coming up between now and the All Star break? Hit me. All right, home against Toronto, mm-hmm. home against Miami, home against Portland. Okay, those are bad. At Houston, at Houston, at Orlando. That's good. Home against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Minnesota, who we just beat in that building. Home against the Mavericks. At Sacramento, at Phoenix. At, both of those are wins. Home against Cleveland. Home against Detroit. Ooh. Home against Boston. Home against San Antonio. At New Orleans. So we, right before the All-Star break, we have four winnable games at home, and then we play at New Orleans. Yeah, like, like if we get past Houston wow. next week, we are we're just like clear for the rest of the the time until the all-star break. Like the only teams that I could imagine we could potentially lose to are the Celtics and the Mavs. Everyone else is like we should win that game. And the Mavs games at home. Yeah, and we just beat them at home New Year's Eve. Yep. Luka Doncic even had like 30 points that night, didn't matter. We still won. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Looking at the rest of our schedule, man, like we still got some games against Memphis and New York, Chicago, Washington, mm-hmm. yeah, Charlotte, this about to pop off. Golden we're, State, Easy W. We are, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have I a mean, pretty decent record. Given we got we're twenty three and seventeen right now. I think we could even do better and, than that, like percentage wise. 
the rest of the season. Week? Yo, could we win 50 games? Mm. Am, I being, am I being stupid right now saying we could win 50 games? So we've played uh, 23 and 17. That's 40 games. So we're almost halfway. So 42 more games. I mean, I'm trying to do the math in my head. So that well, that's us. That's if uh, if we lose, we could lose another 15 games the rest of the year. But the thing is, like, we started so bad. That's true. We started with such a bad record. Like how we're playing right now, man. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be curious to see what our record has been in like from December till now, like the beginning of December. Because I bet it's a lot better than it was for the whole so, season. So showing us at uh, eight and eleven on December first. So that oh, that wow. puts us at that's yeah. So that's like fourteen and six. Fifteen. No. F- fifteen and six. Fifteen and six since December first. So that's that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. So if you did the math there, that's twenty-one game. Oh yeah, so. So if you did the math, that's 21 games total. Multiply it by two. That's 42 games the rest of the season. That's 30 and 12. That's 52 wins. Night. No. Wait. We could lose. We're going to have about 15 games. Yeah. So I think we're right about 50 wins if we keep that 15 and six ish record from December to now. We're we're right about 50. That would be insane. That. If we won 50 that's bananas. Wins, if if we won 50 wins in the last two years when we had two perennial like Hall of Famers and didn't get 50 wins, and now yeah, we had 49 wins last year, and then 48 I think the year before. So like, we're actually better than that team. That's insane. And yeah, the 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 Westbrook stands are not gonna like this. <laughs> Yo, let them not like it. Yeah, I'm and, fine with and it. Don't. Don't uh don't get it twisted. We stand Russ like everybody else, but mm-hmm. we stand OKC harder. And I said it before. This is not the most talented team that OKC has had. It has not in a long time. Like, mm-hmm. but this may be the best team we've had chemistry wise since it is. that 2016, you know, run to the Western Conference Finals. So mm-hmm. I agree. Mm. I agree fully. Oh, uh oh. The Westbrook stands are going to hate it. That's okay. All right. Let them come. So, as you already mentioned, the Toronto Raptors are coming to Oklahoma City Wednesday. Uh, I have not looked up their injury report yet, but I believe they're pretty much healthy. I know Siakam um... is in. I, uh, I think Fred. Let's see injuries. Siakam's supposed to play. Fred is um in, I believe, already, or like he was out, but I think he is in now. Uh, what Van Vliet? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't play Sunday against the Spurs. Mm. Gasol didn't play su- Sunday against the Spurs. I think he's out for a while. Is he reported out for Wednesday, or do they not have it yet? They don't have that yet. Okay. They're not going to get that probably until yeah Wednesday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, it'll be pretty much, it'll be like at least 
two of the three, I would imagine. So uh, last time we played them, we just edged it out in Toronto. This time we'll be in Oklahoma City. So Shay will not have his Canadian powers activated this time. He'll have to play in the United States. <laughs> but it seems to be just fine for him because he just scored 20, 20, and 10. So, Maddie, what, what is your prediction for this game, if any? For the Toronto game, mm-hmm. I, I think OKC probably wins like 114 to 108, something like that. Mm-hmm. A couple free throws late, push it a little further, and we get the win. Yeah, I think it's going to be another low-scoring game. I think the last time they played was neither team scored 100 points. I also think it'll be close. I think it's going to be like uh, like 101-99, something like that. Pretty low-scoring. Both defenses are going to show out, but OKC's got the home advantage. They're going to pull it through. So... We are look forward to that. Another 8 p.m. game, Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. So until then, we will uh, bid you all adieu. But before we do, Maddie, you and I are both football guys. We couldn't, yep. we couldn't uh, talk about, we couldn't discuss this Monday pod without discussing the current game of the night, which is the College Football National Championship game. So do you have... I know you already mentioned to me LSU has been running the table. Do you have any – are you rooting for either team or are you just looking for a good game? Um, I mean, I'm not a Clemson fan. Me neither. I don't really, I, I don't really like Clemson, but I'm, I do have money on them, uh, both money line and, and getting points. Um, and as of right now, it looks like LSU is getting ready to take a 10-point lead with five minutes left. Uh, Randy Moss's son just caught his well second five minutes in the, the third. Game, so. You got some time. Yeah, yeah. In the, so um, the defense has looked a little shoddy for Clemson at times, but really good at other times. So we'll see. Um, Trevor Lawrence just needs to stop laying his uh, his guys out, and yeah. But I think I still think Clemson, being defending champs, they've been here before. Mm-hmm. They they know what it takes, and Dabo's not going to be wrapped up in the moment. You know, it's not going to be too big for him. So I, I still think that they could pull this thing out. Yeah. I mean, we saw it against Ohio State in the semifinals. So we'll see if he can do it again. And we'll find out after we finish this pod. So you, the audience, will know before us. Um, one other thing. We played the Lakers on Saturday. Do you want to talk about it? I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> Lakers? Lakers? We played them on Saturday. Do you want to talk about it? Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, See ya. I, 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 I hammered that, that game big time before it started because I thought we were going to be competitive. I really hit we the sure money were. line right away when I found out that uh, LeBron was out. And then right after that, I found out that Anthony Davis was out. And so I was like, great, that's easy money. Like I had OKC money line as a negative one. And then they turn out to uh, let... They got Kyle Kuzma. The Lakers hit every... Yeah, they got everything mud. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just didn't want to hit shots nope. for long stretches. So 
<coughs> it was fun. It looked like we were going to fight back, and then we decided to not play defense again. Somebody said it on Twitter. I agree. It was very reminiscent of that loss we had to the Wizards earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so Just a wake-up wake up call. That's what we're going to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Big up wake-up call. There we go. Call. And I'll do it. That's our that's our Lakers talk. I don't, I don't think I want to talk about it any more than that. It was a bad game, not very good. And uh, nope. let's just appreciate the now, because Shea Gilgis Alexander just scored a triple double and twenty twenty rebounds, and that's where we're going to focus on today's pod, and that's where we're going to end it with. So, as always, you can find us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder, and you can find us on bigheadsmedia.com for all of our merchandise if you search the word thunder or topic thunder and i want to thank you all for listening uh this is matt tierney at matt tierney nba signing off that right there is maddie moles at maddie moles pod and as always thunder up thunder up Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.